0: Welcome to Moms That Lead episode number 18. This one is special for many reasons. First, one of the toughest parts of a leader's job, regardless of if you are leading in a company, or leading a bunch of Girl Scouts, or leading at home with your kids, one of the toughest parts is to motivate and develop the people that you're leading so that you can make that leadership vision that we were talking about last week a reality. In today's episode interview, you'll hear inspirational stories and specific ways that you can more effectively motivate and develop others. And guess what? Most of them start with leading yourself first. The second reason that it's such a special episode is that it's with my great friend and leadership mentor, Sean Overcast. Sean hired me for my first corporate job back in 2006 and has been a trusted guide through many leadership adventures ever since. Sean is currently a partner with Gotham Culture, leading client engagements utilizing her over 15 years of experience in leadership, organizational culture, and change management to ensure that each experience is tailored to the needs of the organization that she's serving and helps them to achieve the critical business objectives that they seek. She spends her free time seeking balance from the pressure of the fast-paced corporate environment by finding opportunities to slow down, to be present, and to move toward growth in all areas of her life. These opportunities are found nurturing and learning from her two daughters and as a 500-hour certified instructor, teaching and practicing mindfulness and continued self-exploration Through yoga. So, as you can guess, this episode is jam packed with wisdom, real life experiences, and practical tips. But perhaps my favorite part was the new way to look at being a mom that Sean shared near the end of our conversation. Be sure to stick around for that. But first, a quick intro and a refresher about why we're here. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, just like John Quincy Adams said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever. And I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Welcome, Sean. Thanks for being here today. I really appreciate your time. And I gave a little bit of an intro, but I would love to hear it from your perspective, just a little bit about your journey to where you are today, what you do for your current job, and just how you lead both through your work with Gotham Culture and in your family and in your community.
1: Thank you, Terry. Well, thanks for having me. I feel quite honored as I've been knowing you for years and listening to the podcast that you've done previously, this is a wonderful group to be a part of, so thank you for that. My journey, as I was reflecting on this, preparing for our conversation, I think is one that I see through my children, and it's one of the curse of always raising your hand. So as I found my way into various leadership positions, I don't think ever was it something that I had applied for formally, but something that I was at the right place at the right time to raise my hand and say, I'll do it. And that happened from my very first leadership position into more formal leadership positions, both professionally as well as in the community um, and with my children. So my background, a little about my background, I started my career as an instructional designer. My very first official job in that was to develop leadership training. So I started my leadership journey with a whole lot of formal education on what was expected of leaders and what skills leaders had to build. And then pretty quickly was moved into a leadership role where I was responsible for a a portfolio of work, as well as a handful of people that worked with me, yourself included, on that work. From there, following my journey, I left that position and joined into the consulting world as a subject matter expert. So moving a little bit more out of a formal leadership role into something more informal as a thought leader for my clients. And then came back into the role I am currently as a partner of Gotham Culture into a more formal leadership role, being responsible again for a portfolio of work and a handful of people that helped me to deliver that work for clients. That's been my professional journey through leadership. And I might even say that journey has been a little bit easier than the personal leadership roles that I've taken on primarily being that of a Girl Scout leader for both of my daughter's troops for the last 10 years. And I think that's been the most challenging formal leadership role that I've had and where I've learned probably the most life skills in leading people.
0: Interesting. With all that formal leadership knowledge and experience, it's fascinating that much of your learning came from leading your girls, Girl Scout troops? Oh yeah. Leading a, a
1: group of 25 kindergartners <laughs> <laughs> is not something I was trained for. And um, I think adults are a little bit easier sometimes, but it's a whole lot of fun and very rewarding.
0: Very neat. I think if you can lead 25 kindergartners, you could probably lead anyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, wonderful. It just The wealth of knowledge and experience that you have around leadership, I'm so excited to hear about. And the fact that not only you've had all those experiences, but also you work with many leaders in your consulting work. I'd love to hear what you like best about leadership. So
1: it is a big part of the work that we do at Gotham Culture. We design custom leadership programs for individuals, for teams. I work with A number of senior leadership teams every year, um, working with the leader uh, herself or himself along with their team. Relatively small groups of people, six to eight people, but very senior level in an organization with large responsibility in corporate America. And one of the things that I value most about helping those leaders and also about being in that leadership role myself is finding the moments where we help people see that they have higher potential than they ever thought possible, whether that be at the individual level or the team or group level.
0: Definitely. You're speaking to my heart. That's one of the reasons that I'm here on the Moms That Lead podcast is that aspect of leadership. Yeah,
1: it's neat. I had an an example the other day, I was talking to a member of my team. We're working on a client project that's been pretty difficult. And we've had to navigate a lot of ambiguity, which is probably the theme of the year. Mm -hmm. But trying to navigate that and figure out how, how are we going to be successful? in this endeavor. And just through coaching conversations and leveraging the time and experiences that I've spent with this individual prior leading up to this moment, uh, I got the comment back of, gosh, it's like you can see what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And well, as much as I think many of us want to be seen, we want people to see and understand who we are and what we're thinking about my reflection in that moment was really all I did was help you to see
0: mm-hmm. that.
1: And that's, for me, the definition of leadership.
0: That's beautiful. Helping, helping others to see what they are capable of. What would you say to moms that are in leadership positions that maybe struggle with that, or what are some techniques that you've used to help people to be able to see what's already inside them?
1: I think it starts with self in order for us to help other people find their path to seeing that we have to do it ourselves
0: Mm -hmm. first.
1: And in doing that, we recognize and then can empathize with sometimes how difficult that is. Mm -hmm. We become more aware of what gets in the way of self-reflection and growing in self-awareness, we overcome or can appreciate the feeling of self-judgment as Mm -hmm. we start to learn more. And in the journey to helping someone else see for themselves, I don't think it's authentic if we haven't done that work ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's why leadership is such a personal connection between leader and the person they're working with, whether it be an adult or a child, that connection is so important.
0: Otherwise, read a book. Right. And what are some ways that you've either advised others or you've found helpful for yourself to make that self-reflection part of your life?
1: You know, I think it's something I maybe it's just been called to my awareness through these recent challenging times throughout all of 2020 with the various levels of anxiety and conflict and just heightened emotion all around. But I lean back a lot on my yoga training. So I was a certified yoga teacher probably about 10 years ago is when I started on that journey, 10 or 12 years ago. And that whole process was one of self-reflection and mm-hmm. self-exploration and self-awareness. And it's something that I really have been leaning on, certainly over the years, but more and more this year through the challenging times. And I've had to think about and do for myself, looking at what are the tools that we used to use? And then how do we keep that front and center, as opposed to either falling into a depression where we don't want to look, we don't Mm want to grow. And that's Something I've experienced over this year, but also getting just wrapped up in the anxiety of activity, of keeping ourselves busy and distracted from growing in self-awareness. But now is such a ripe time for that. How do we respond in ambiguity? Where do I go first? What do I think about? What are my habits? What are the behaviors, healthy and unhealthy, that I turn to? And how do I continue to stay aware of them? My personal practice of doing that is something that then I very naturally bring into the coaching conversations of asking questions about self awareness. And when do you, questions such as, when do you notice that you get anxious about something? What have you learned about? yourself during phases of ambiguity when we don't know what the client wants what do you want to go and do just by default
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then there are practices within that that I practice as well as help others to find their own strategy for that to an individual it's going to be very different but it could be things like journaling or like an after action review at the end of a day what worked what didn't work how do I feel about the day and even just having thought partners peer mentors that you can talk to on that level of self-reflection.
0: Yeah, that element of community is so important. Even though we're talking about self-reflection, having someone to speak with about that self-reflection can be really enlightening.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an accountability partner like you would have in any – whether you're Mm -hmm. training for a race Mm -hmm. or – moving through a certification process or some other health goal that you might be striving for, to have somebody there to go through that hard work with you is invaluable.
0: Definitely. Now, you know, we've been talking in the past weeks about leadership vision. Again, given that you have this thread of leadership woven through both your, all your professional years and your personal life and what we just talked about with your yoga practice and self-reflection. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you would describe your leadership vision.
1: It's very simply come down to developing healthy individuals. And Mm -hmm. I define health through mind, body, and spirit. We work with a lot of organizations. I've seen a lot of different cultures over the last 20 years. And there's a lot of toxic organizational Mm -hmm. culture, toxic teams or toxic individuals. And I certainly don't believe that anybody intends for their team or their organization or even an individual level to show up that way. I think it happens from a series of, or rather a result of just disease, which just aren't healthy anymore. And I've attempted to attack things at the broader scale, working with an entire team or an entire department or working to help evolve the culture of an entire company. And what I keep coming back to is that it's just one person at a time. And as a mom, I see that even more clearly, the responsibility I have to be healthy so that I can show, role model for my daughters, how to be healthy. So that as they enter into the world of adulthood, whatever path they should choose, they enter it in a healthy way with healthy coping mechanisms, with healthy ways of connecting with people. I think that's ultimately where it starts.
0: Yeah, the starting with one and just I've said many times just kind of taking the next right step and the impact that that can have like you said if if your daughters are entering the work world or different communities that they're entering if they start off healthy they are then going to build healthy cultures around them that will impact so many others yeah yeah staying with the theme of starting with one i'd love to hear Because I know from past experience that you excel at motivating teams, being one of the people on one of your teams. What tips do you have for motivating groups of people, whether that be a team at work or, like you said, a Girl Scout troop or maybe, you know, a group of moms who are leading another organization in your community. How do you motivate so many different personalities? It can be overwhelming
1: to think Mm -hmm. about the so many different personalities. I'm going to use a Girl Scout example to start with that feeling of overwhelming. Uh, It was when my oldest daughter was in kindergarten and I signed up to do this Girl Scout troop leader thing that I had no idea about. I was only a Brownie for two years maybe and that was a lot of years ago but there was a need to have a leader for the troop. And given my work schedule and what time I give to my work, I needed to balance that and give more time um, intentionally outside of the errands and routine of the day to my daughter. So I raised my hand to do this job. And I quickly saw the 25 different personalities. I don't recommend a Girl Scout troop of 25 people, by the way.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty large. I don't have much experience with Scouts either, but I thought that might be pretty big.
1: It's at their school. It's a small school, and that was all the girls. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw how many personalities. I became more in to what the time of day meant for a five-year-old. Mm. Um, and this, we did it after school on a Friday, so three o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> and I definitely grew an appreciation for our teachers, which again is something I think we all uh, can appreciate Yes. during this time of pandemic and homeschooling or any variation thereof. But I, after the first meeting, I did some reflection on, gosh, how did that feel? It felt kind of chaotic it felt like the girls were just wired with no structure and no control, even though I had an agenda. And so I started to think about the points, those small moments where things were definitely out of control, but that might've been doable to regain some control. So rather than trying to huddle all 25 girls or manage the entire meeting differently, It was looking for the small moments that I could affect or help one person function better. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: for these girls, it was getting some structure over how they took a bathroom break. (laughs) (laughs) It's the little things. That was the leak in the day as they kept running out (laughs) of the room to go to the bathroom. So we bought a little, they were called daisies in kindergarten, bought a little daisy plastic flower and tied a pretty bow around it and if they had to go to the bathroom they had to pick up the daisies and if the daisies weren't there then meant somebody else was in the bathroom
0: so they
1: naturally took turns it was it it brought so much to those meetings i can't even tell you but it was one little thing and i think momentum breeds momentum is what is the one thing that's going to create this or stop the flywheel that you can leverage with a little bit of structure, you can breed more structure. And I would say that's something I use with teams today. What is the one, um, with one team, it was a word. What was the word that somebody threw out there that everyone laughed? And so then we used that word. In one example, the word was pineapple. So we said, you know what, let's call it a pineapple moment whenever somebody has a breakthrough. And we carried that through the entire Engagement through to the finish line, and everybody got a picture of a pineapple, and it was fun and was just a little bit of inspiration that mm-hmm. turned into a whole lot more.
0: That's so neat. Just a, a little, I think, with the daisies, just it's amazing what one little change can do. Uh, and I think we probably experienced that personally too, if we adopt a new habit or you know, set up a system in our lives that it may seem like a very small change, but can have a huge impact on our motivation and how we are able to get through the day and get things done and be the type of people that we want to be.
1: Yeah, it's, I think you mentioned it a few moments ago was what is the next step? What's that one thing that we can do that will change the course of everything? But it requires a discipline to let go of expectation about what that change is going to look like. And just have faith that doing one thing differently, even with one person, is going to affect change of the greater group.
0: That's wonderful. Have you been in any situations that you might have had either an employee or someone you were leading in a different situation that didn't necessarily want to be motivated or was a little bit more of a challenge to motivate to get to do what you needed them to do?
1: Yeah, and I don't know that I've exactly figured out why that is. I think I carry a little bit of uh, responsibility for that. I, I haven't quite figured out what my role was in that, but I know mm-hmm. that I played at least 100% of the, the responsibility for 50% of that relationship. But I, I feel it more on a... I guess when I talk about health mind body and spirit I feel it more on the intuitive or feeling level that there's an emotional disconnect or an energetic disconnect that maybe I'm not the person to lead that mm. person. Interesting. If I talk a lot about leveraging, you know starting with self and as I lead I leverage my experiences. Uh, Not that my experiences have to be the same as yours or that I want you to follow the same path that I have followed, but there are things that I can leverage or reflect on to help overcome something similar. Mm -hmm. And if I can't connect, if I don't have an experience with that or I don't understand what that disconnect or lack of motivation is coming from, I don't know that I'm the person to help lead them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there, that's not saying that all hope is lost. There are other people, community, to mm-hmm. lean on to help figure that out. There's also just authentic conversation that can help overcome that, of uh, sharing exactly what I just shared. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to lead you, which can also be scary but Mm -hmm. leaders are people too. But I have had that experience and I I can say I don't always feel good about it, but I also know that not every leader will be effective for every person.
0: That's very true. That's why we have many, many people on this planet. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And leaning on your peer group and letting go of the ego that I have to be the one to succeed Mm -hmm. or to lead here that part of leadership is even delegating leadership.
0: can be a little bit more challenging if it's a son or daughter, but <laughs> in, in that case, maybe that's when the authentic conversations <laughs> come in.
1: Yes. As a parent, there are a whole lot of layers in there mm-hmm. and a lot of emotions that kind of get in the way there as well. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that too, that we've all heard the saying of it takes a village and it's a struggle that I'll probably always have of, not wanting to ask for help, that I want to be able to do and be all for my daughters. But every time I ask for help and I involve somebody else, I don't regret it. They learn something different. They get a different perspective. So their their view is broader than mm-hmm. what I could have brought to them. I know you have a podcast on mom guilt. That's when you turn to that <laughs> podcast. <Right. laughs> But if we look at what is, the, what is the objective to develop healthy individuals, there are other people that
0: can be a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Very true. Now, if you are working with someone who is motivated and you want, as we talked about earlier, them to experience everything that they are capable of, usually... Or sometimes it's something more than they think they're capable of. How do you go about developing them as individuals? What are some tips you have for helping those that you lead to grow?
1: I think the ways that I've done that is to help build confidence in that individual that they are capable and stating that as I would any other expectation. I expect you to show up to work at nine o'clock. I expect that you are very capable in this position and you can take on this task that I'm going to give you. The second is defining the task that is one step beyond what maybe they've done before. Um, Not too far beyond what they are capable or confident in being able to do, but one step beyond. I think my third step maybe feels a little unfair, but I remove myself from the picture to see what can give you the room and the space to try it? What can you do when left to your own device? But certainly always with the support and supervision from afar of not truly letting somebody fail, mm-hmm. at least not hitting the floor. And then there are conversations about self-reflection. What do you feel got in your way? You know, based on the expectation, did we meet it? Did we not meet it? What do you feel got in the way and here are some things that I observed of whether you need to bring your voice to the Mm -hmm. table or I see you struggling with perfection and you don't need to reach perfection this is a circumstance of great is good enough Mm -hmm. but just helping again helping people to see what's going on in their own minds where are they getting in their own way I haven't done the research, but I think that there is a pattern that I've observed over the years, that the brighter our high achievers are, the more creative they are at getting in their own way. Sneaky Mm -hmm. little ways of self-sabotaging sometimes.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like you start with the belief um, and expressing that belief in them that they are capable followed by a task that's a little bit of a stretch beyond what they're comfortable with, perhaps. And then just a whole lot of observation and guided self-reflection so that they can either grow from that task or conquer it and be ready for the next stretch assignment.
1: And it's a, it's a serial activity, too. It's something that can't just be done once, but done continually. And I also, if there are particular behaviors that I'm looking to grow or change. Part of that coaching conversation is to look outside of work. Where does this exist? Either where does this opportunity for you to build this skill exist? You know, very common one might be public speaking. Can you join a group or participate in a community or sign up for teacher of the day at your kid's school or do something that encourages that skill? But also looking outside of work for where those roadblocks show up. If it's hesitating to use my voice or to be seen in a group, where does that show up in my day to day? Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a family dynamic that I've learned throughout my whole life, or maybe there's a gender dynamic. That I start to notice with the perfectionist quality, where is that reinforced in my life? And how frequently do I practice it? And that'll give indication to how difficult it will be to change it if it's getting in your way. But it's the whole person. So it's not just the task at work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is exactly right. Good leaders develop the whole person. And in order to do that, you're looking at all components of the person's life to help guide in their self-reflection. So back to that again, I, I think I've learned that people aren't necessarily going to develop unless they want to develop and helping people to see what their next step is and, and really take ownership of it starts with them believing that they need to take that ownership and that they really want to take that ownership to grow.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you're right, not everybody wants to be on a development path. Mm -hmm. And there's no judgment in that. It's just getting to know the individuals that you are leading to know whether or not they want to be developed and grow or if they're comfortable with where they are and whether that works for your organization or not. One way that I learn about that early on is putting development in their hands. The very first action is you set up development time with me, whatever cadence and time amount you'd like. And some people take an hour a week, some people take an hour a month, some people don't take advantage of it.
0: And and maybe they'll change over time, but at that point in their life, I, I yeah. love that you give them that flexibility to determine their own path. Yeah. Now we've touched on it a little bit, but you know, being a mom and being a leader can be challenging at times. I'd love to hear any tips or advice that you have from your experience or even if you have any stories that combine those two or, or challenges that you were able to get through. I,
1: there is one thing that I personally use and come back to time and time again, and it's a tool that I used at a difficult point in my life. I went through a divorce eight years ago and had to reevaluate who I was, felt my identity had completely changed. So a lot of talk about self-reflection and opportunity to redefine what I wanted life to look like from that point forward. And I was given a tool and it's a very simple tool that any one of us can draw and it's a pie chart. So you start with a circle and in that circle you have a hundred percent of your being to give. I think we've heard of the concept of give it 110 mm-hmm. percent. And I'm of the belief that we don't have 110%. We only have 100%. And if you're giving 110%, you're giving fumes at best. So looking at what is the 100% and where where am I reflected in that 100%? Because I think there's a tendency as a mother to dole all that time out. And at the end of the day, you sit on the couch or you crash into bed. (laughs) what happened today? And I didn't even get a shower. So considering that 100% and revisiting it time and time again, and seeing where things need to shift a little bit, and being comfortable with drawing it different every time that there are different phases and different things that come up that require more of us in different parts of our lives or in different relationships. But that pie chart is made up of all the many roles that we play, partner, friend, daughter, mother, employee, leader in the community. I, mean, the other, I think I named six. If you just draw six parts of your pie chart, it's pretty well consumed. But then activities, you know, what am I doing for physical health? What have I done for mental health? for spiritual health. And first look, first time you do it and you look at it, it's pretty enlightening. and might point to some things that you could evolve, not change overnight, but evolve to have a picture that feels more fulfilling.
0: So do you portion that out based on time that you've spent in that activity or, or with that responsibility? Is that the idea?
1: Yeah. And it's a relative exercise. So it's about how much of my week do I feel that I've intentionally given to connecting with my children, about how much of my week have I given to my job, about how much of my time have I given to rest or restoration, could be sleep. And you just sort of look back and write in the percentages and you could be super creative with it. You can use the markers that are on the table from (laughs) the child that's in school But looking at what it, just taking stock of what it currently is and Mm -hmm. from there assessing what do I want, how do I want it to look different or what's missing Mm -hmm.
0: entirely
1: that I need to find space for and how do I reprioritize. And then like a vision board or like a a post-it note that gives us the North Star direction for the day or the week, you can post it as a reminder. My personal practice of it is I more turn to that when I feel like things are getting off track, where I feel unfulfilled or unfinished at the end of a day or a week.
0: Yeah, such a simple tool, but just having it in front of you, I can imagine is tremendously impactful. Yeah. Well, one last question that we ask all of our guests is, what does it mean to you to be a mom that leads?
1: I never could have imagined the honor I would carry in being able to lead the two girls that I have it's quite a responsibility I mean it's a responsibility to keep two people <laughs> alive Live. and thriving but that it's an honor to be able to do it for them that I was picked to lead them and so it's a helpful perspective I think to get through a lot of challenging times to reframe on that my children are 10 and 15 and Teenage years are different than middle school years Just and a high school, a little <laughs> different than middle school, but to look at some of the adversity with, I get to do this with her is my inspiration.
0: What a beautiful way to look at it. I, I was chosen for this. I get to do this. That's something I want to put on a post-it note too and put that where it, it's visible every day. Yes. So. <laughs> it's a helpful Thank
1: reminder. And reframing.
0: Yes. Sometimes yes. in those Definitely. difficult,
1: difficult times.
0: Definitely. Well, I would love if we could talk even longer, but I think we'll close it there. But I'd love for you to let us know if someone wants to learn more about you or about Gotham culture and the work that you do. Where's the best place for them to find you?
1: Thank you. So this is just a wonderful opportunity to bring these communities together. As I mentioned, I am a partner in a firm, Gotham Culture. You can learn more about us at gothamculture.com. We also have a podcast where we talk about and interview experts in our field on the topic of leadership, uh, culture, and strategy. And there's a couple on there that I personally led or was interviewed for, to learn more about the type of work that we do. And my contact information is on our website as well. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: a broader look at the work that we do on the uh, professional side of things.
0: Excellent, and we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes too so that people can access it easily. I encourage you to look up Sean, look up Gotham Culture, and check out their podcast too. There's a wealth of information. I love Chris's intro on the podcast that you, where you talk about anything as long as it's <laughs> – you probably know it better than I do. Talk
1: about anything you want so long as it's related to leadership culture. And <Right>. That's great. But those are big umbrellas. There's a lot that fits within that. So we're open. There is. Open for conversation.
0: (laughs) There is. Well, thank you again for being on today. And thank you for your leadership and all the arenas of your life. I know that a lot of people are going to benefit from the wisdom that you shared today.
1: Thanks for making this platform available for us. This is a really incredible opportunity and community and I'm grateful to be a part of it.
0: Didn't you just love that conversation? Here are the takeaways. Number one, one of the greatest parts of leadership is the opportunity to show others that they're capable of more than they thought they were capable of. Number two, in order to help others develop, we must start with our own self-reflection and growing our own self-awareness. Number three, sometimes one small change, like a pretty daisy to be used as a bathroom pass, can have a domino effect for motivating a team and helping them to work more effectively together. Number four, to help someone develop, start with expressing your belief that they are capable of succeeding and Give them a task that is a bit of a stretch beyond what they're comfortable with. And then support them with observation and guided self-reflection. And number five, my favorite, we get to lead our kids. Now, before I leave today, I want to ask, if you're listening to this in real time at the end of September 2020, do you feel like we could all use a little bit more kindness toward ourselves and toward those around us? I know I feel like that. So that's why Stronger to Serve is running a 30-day Kindness Marathon Challenge. It's going to be a ton of fun. And not only that, it's going to spread kindness and health throughout our communities. Don't you want to be a part of that? All you have to do to be part of this free challenge is either follow the link in the show notes or go directly to bit.ly forward slash Kindness Marathon Challenge. And what would a challenge be without prizes? Learn all about it by signing up. I really want to see you in there and see what we can do together to spread health and kindness in these next 30 days. Hope you'll join us. Until next time, lead with love.